Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pridecast with Jonathan Bennett and James Vaughn on iHeartRadio. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the host of Pridecast, the one and only Jonathan Bennett, coming to you live. Well, kind of live. We pre-recorded it, but you're listening to it live here on Pridecast on iHeartRadio. I am so excited because today's episode is so special. My husband, James, is shooting right now. He's filming a TV show, so he can't be here. But since my new movie on Hallmark Channel comes out this weekend, I thought, who better to host with me this episode and to be my guest on this episode then my co-star and romantic love interest, my husband on screen, George Crissa. So today's episode is so special because we're going to be talking all things gay Hallmark Channel. And I know I said those words together, gay Hallmark Channel. What a time to be alive. What a time for representation. This man that I'm about to bring on is such a great person. I worked with him and got to know him so well, and I I can't speak highly enough about him. He's just the real deal. He's talented. He's kind. He's a blast to be with on set. And we're going to talk about making our new Hallmark Channel original movie for Countdown to Christmas, The Holiday Sitter, So, which is the first LGBTQ plus led rom-com for Christmas on Hallmark Channel. That's right, the first LGBTQ plus led rom-com for Hallmark Channel for Christmas. We're making history, and right now we're gonna talk to my co-star, the one and only, talented George Crissa. Hello, George. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> thank you for having me. Do you like that intro? Because I know, George, of all things that you love, you love George the most. And so I thought, giving you a nice <laughs> intro, you would love it. Well, if there's one thing I'm a sucker for, it's compliments. <laughs> it, but it's true. Like on set, if George was having like this is true because we work together so much that we like learn each other's quirks. And like if I do something and it's and I don't think it's funny, I have to turn to George and he has to be like, no, it was really funny. That was really funny. It was it worked. Everyone it worked. was laughing. Oh, everyone was laughing at the monitor. The, the and acoustics he, in the room were weird, but you just couldn't hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone was laughing. <laughs> and then like he would do a take and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you look so handsome in that take. You did so great. <laughs> and he's like, really? And I'm like, absolutely. So we learned each other's uh, insecurities and quirks along the way, which was really fun. Um, George, you're joining us from where are you right now? Um, Toronto. Well, just outside of Toronto in where? Canada, in Canada. Right. But where, what little town are you in? Oh, I'm, I'm in a little town called Stratford. Ooh. Um, home of the, the, uh, world renowned Stratford festival and, um, home of me and Brian and my dog, <laughs> you and your husband and your dog and, yeah. or your fiance, yes. which we'll get into. But, um, I think before <clears throat> we start talking about the magic that is the holiday sitter, our new movie coming out December 11th on Hallmark channel. Um, 
I think we want to deep dive into you, George. I want to talk. I want I want the oh. listeners to get to know you like I got to know you because you're okay. just such a good person. And I think people are are going to watch this movie and fall in love with you. Um, oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Um, it's all lies. It's, all <laughs> it's like lies. this is just this has never been this nice to me in my life. Yeah, You don't mean that, do <laughs> you? You? you don't think that I'm nice, do you? Oh, I'm yeah, so you don't embarrassed. Think I'm pretty, do you? <laughs> um what guys, specifically had... about me do you think is pretty oh <laughs> guys we had so much fun on set but so george you're mm -hmm. you grew up in a tiny little town yes, and it was almost like a hallmark mm -hmm. channel movie where you grew up like tell everyone about where you grew up because i think it's fascinating and like what you did for a living because i think it's really adorable what i well where you um, worked where i worked because well, your I'm... parents owned it Yes, I'm originally from a very small town in Saskatchewan, Canada, called Lashburn. Population um, 750 when I lived there, but I honestly like I think some people left, so I think it's 700 now. Um, <laughs> uh, my parents still live there, and um, yeah, that's where I grew up. I I went to to school there. I played guitar in the school band. We weren't. It wasn't a big enough school. Um, it was only like 160 kids, grade seven to 12. Um, my graduating class had 12 kids in it. Jeez, oh, Pete's. Are yeah, you serious? So this is a true story. Um, this is like for... a Hallmark town. Kinda. <laughs> <or> smaller. <laughs> it's smaller. <laughs> um, but there, um, it was my 10-year uh, high school reunion some time ago. Yeah. And um, only half of the class could make it. So the six of us went to Starbucks. <laughs> Are you kidding? The yeah. six of you? The six of yeah. There's yeah, there's there's a picture Do you of us. have a Starbucks in Lashburn or did you have to no, meet somewhere it else? was um it's like half an hour away. It's Lashburn is like half an hour from a town called Lloydminster. Yeah. Um and so there was like that's where I, I grew up swimming. Um so that's where I swam, that's where I did uh, music lessons, that's where I did voice lessons and, and um No, we we do a lot of Starbucks runs on the set, speaking yes. of Starbucks quiz pop quiz for you george since we've drank starbucks together a thousand times uh -huh. what's my starbucks order iced coffee duh i'm gay duh. anything yeah. in it uh yes i want to say just no 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 nothing. oat milk well nothing? sometimes oat milk. sometimes i thought it was oat we, milk yeah sometimes we wanted a splash of oat milk to cut the taste yeah but majority that... of the time just plain black Okay, from my memory, I remember it not being completely black, but yeah, that... there's a little oat milk in it there's sometimes. Some oat milk. Okay, well, well that's it depends. <laughs> this is my fourth of the if it's like my fourth coffee of the day because we're filming. I don't um, know how you're not just like shaking all the time. Oh, I am. That's what makes me a good actor. <laughs> um, it's the anxiety riddled acting that makes me funny. It's not. It's not the talent. Um, it's it's it really is. Now you grew up in this little town, but I think it's yes. so adorable your you worked at the general store no, so my mom owned um the general store with her with her business partner gail um lashburn corner store jeez oh Pete. and it's it's a movie um, it was it's it like it's it used to be the old pharmacy it's uh -huh. on main street which is the only street in town that has sidewalks oh my gosh um and uh yeah so i worked there i worked the till and i stocked the shelves and i worked um, there was a little kitchen. It was like, it was a kind of a catch-all store. There was, yeah, there was you had, you like made pizzas. I made pizzas. I made subs. Um, I personally, <laughs> it's like a movie. Well, I think that I made the best pizzas because the thing is you have to take the toppings close enough to the crust that you don't have to like, you could eat the crust if you wanted to, but if you ate the toppings off of it, you wouldn't be bogged down with right. crust. No, totally. Yeah, yes. I mean, this is, I mean, riveting. It really is. You and your pizza making in Lashburn. I mean, and so, you told yeah, me this story and I thought it was hilarious. Like that yeah. you just lived in this like Hallmark town growing up. Mm -hmm. And then you went on to be, because we bonded the first second I think we met over musical theater because we are mm -hmm. both musical theater freaks. And yes. you have done quite a lot of musical theater. You went to college and... You're a voice major? Was that yeah, it? Yeah, so I went to um, Grant McEwen College in Edmonton, mm -hmm. um, which to me, like, Edmonton was the big city, um, which, I don't know, most people here listening probably won't know where Edmonton is. No. But, um, but it's, not a, it's not a very big city. But I, I remember the first time I went there, for, like, um, I, I got it, went into my dorm because I was about to start college, like, that, that week. 
and um, I had never like really taken a bus before. So I, but I was like too nervous to like, take the bus. So I stood at the bus stop and I was like waiting for the bus to go by because I was going to take a practice run to get to my, to my campus. And um, I stood there waiting for the bus and he just drove right past me. And then I, I was like, I was like, oh God, this isn't going to work. So I went to Harvey's and I got a couple of burgers and I was fine. <laughs> A riveting story. You should save that for a talk show. No, I, the first time you're on a talk show, George, I want you to use this story because it's absolutely riveting. But tell me about the shows you did in college because you did some shows in college, but tell me more so about Stratford Festival because yeah, so, I love it. Well, so I went to college for music and then I decided that I wanted to be um, an actor. And... Um, I, I like worked in a in, in Edmonton. I sang in a corporate band. We did special events and, and functions and that sort of thing. And then um, I decided I wanted to act. So stop looking at me like that. <laughs> stop it. Tell no. us more about the corporate band. Oh, no, no. I swear I'm not as podunk as you make. No, me it's now. brilliant. I love it. Keep going. Well, we did. Keep we going. did like special events and functions, and it was cool. We got to travel. We went to New Orleans. I went to I went to California. Good lord. Ugh. Thank you for having me. This has been very fun. <laughs> no, it's just, it, that's what I love about you so much. It's George. Like, he literally is this, like, kid from this podunk town in the middle of nowhere in Canada. And he's, every time he sees anything, he's like, ooh, a bus. I'm like, yes, George, there are buses. Um, yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't go to, on buses. Like, we walked down the middle of the road because there was no sidewalks. And if cars drove, like, because, you know, sometimes a car would drive by, they just kind of, drive around you need wave and then yeah wave, and then you 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 keep going so tell us about stratford oh. theater festival because okay I so love that so yeah um i worked at the stratford festival i did um the rocky horror show and in which i played rocky obviously um yes and i was spray tanned for the year and starving for the year <laughs> which is really fun <laughs> and um but what's really fun about the like the I worked at the Stratford Festival and there's another one um, just in Niagara on the Lake called the Shaw Festival, which is also a, a big um, deal in, in Canadian theater. And um, what's really fun about these festivals is they work in reps. So you get to do two shows at once. So while we were doing um, Rocky Horror, uh, the cast was crossed with the Music Man. So like on, yeah, so um, in in the afternoon we'd be like, done up to the neck in our because I was in the barbershop quartet um with a couple other guys who were also in Rocky Horror and um the guy who played Riff Raff and the guy who played Brad and um so like we were um all basically naked and running around and rubbing on each other in Rocky Horror and then we'd come and get done up in in our little barbershop outfits and um so it was really cool to get to do like such opposite shows things at, at the once, same time yeah. yeah but like but because they were so opposite it was it was really it's like these festivals are like like theater boot camp. They're like acting boot camp. You learn so much because on top of those um, those like the two shows that you're doing, there's um, workshops and directors projects and um, like uh, concerts and all sorts of things. So you're like learning all of these different things at the at the same time, and and it's yeah, it's fantastic. Some like some huge people have have performed at the festival. Um, Maggie Smith has been here. Heard of her? Yeah, Christopher Plummer. Heard of him? Has been here. He was here in 2012. Mm -hmm. um, George uh, Crissa. George Crissa was there. George Crissa. <laughs> uh, Danielle Wade, who was oops, who was um, she was in our music man. She was um, um, Marion Peru. Um, she was in the um, first national tour of Mean Girls. She played Katie. Um, I, I've not, I don't know what that movie is. I've heard of it though, it, but no. You haven't heard? No, you haven't seen mm -hmm. it? Mean I Girl think something, yeah. yeah. I think I, I'd like it. I think you'd like it. It's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, lots of like um, some Broadway people, Shalina Kennedy, Paul Nolan, um, all sorts of people have been here. So it's, yeah, it's very, it's a very cool place. I love it. Now, yeah. have you wanted to be an actor since you were a little kid or? Yes. What? Yes. Okay, good. Next question. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's funny, actually. I, um, cause I grew, I grew up in, in, in this very small town and there wasn't a lot to do, but I loved movies. I loved old musicals. I loved Sound of Music and My Fair Lady and Wizard of Oz. And, um, and so those were kind of like 
I just found them so wonderful. It's such an escape. And um, like, since I was a, a little kid, I wanted to be an actor. Like I wrote in my journal, I have it somewhere. Um, and I was in like grade two and we had to say like, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a whatever. And for mine, I was like, when I grow up, I want to be an actor. And if I'm not an actor, I want to be a singer. And I mean, I dreams to, do come true. Now they do really do. You yeah. have one of the best voices in the world. Like I love listening to you sing. And uh, on set you. every day, we would I would make you sing all the time because we're just musical theater nerds like that. And then we would sing on the drives to and from work. Yes. What um this is we're this is our movie our movie's coming out this weekend, our Christmas movie. So um maybe we're gonna have you sing some Christmas songs later, but we'll get into that. We're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we're gonna talk all things the holiday sitter. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. George. Yes. You and I star as Sam and Jason in The Holiday Sitter on Hallmark Channel coming out this weekend. We have so much to talk about this movie, but um, I think the best thing to do is if you, you know, just like Maria Von Trapp would say, let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Start When you read. And you begin with <laughs> ABC. When you sing, you begin with sing it. Do, re, mi. No, but do is, your, my do is up here. Yours is down here. <laughs> this is my no. That's your no. 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 <laughs> There no 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 uh-huh. gosh oh well, man well I just heard everyone click their radios yeah off. and Wait, this is how P- Pridecast got <laughs> shut down fantastic um okay so let's start at the beginning so okay. your you you got an audition let, I want to hear about the audition like you mm-hmm. got the audition for this movie and it yeah. came into you and what did you think when you read it well for, when I first saw it I was like. I was like, oh, cool. Jonathan Bennett um, is doing this this movie. And then so I, I read it and it was really sweet and really charming. And I was like, oh, they're I'm like, I mean, 
this would be a great part for me, but I mean, they're obviously going to hire someone who's famous. They could pick anybody in the world for this part. Like it's, you know, it's, um, it's fun. So like I, I, I did my, I did my tape and, um, I sent it off. And what's funny actually is I sent it off and I was like, man, you know, I think I, I probably could have done that better. I was like, mm-hmm. I think I was like, I, I was like this close to writing my agent and be like, listen, I think I, I did a, a sloppy job on this tape. Can I just like try again and, and send it off? Um, but then I was like, no, you, you make your choices and you, you stand by them. So um, I was, I was very shocked when I, when I got the call that, <laughs> that you all were interested. Did now, did you, when you read the breakdown in the audition that came through in the script, did you know immediately that it was for a gay couple? Yeah, because it was, it said right there in the breakdown, it said Jonathan Bennett stars in this, um, in this first of its kind. I can't remember exactly what it said, but something yeah. along those lines. And um, how did I it like, feel reading that? Like being, well, a, being a queer gay man. Yeah. It, it was so cool because um, oftentimes um like I've played mostly actually this is the first gay character I've ever played so like you know you it's not that you second guess everything that you do but there's like a little voice in the back of your head that's like is will this read as gay yep if I if I say it like this and what was so what was so cool about um doing the audition and and then going on to shoot the movie was I never thought about that yep you know because I, I got to just just be myself, which is like so freeing and something that I've actually never really experienced, which is kind of sad to say (laughs) because yeah, like, I mean, I love playing straight characters. I've done it a lot and I hope to do it again. Um, But um, yeah, it's like, it was just that like little extra bit of freedom that I, I, I haven't had before. Man, I identify with that so much because my whole life until I came out, it, it, especially even after I came out, like when you're reading for straight characters as gay actors, I don't care. Like from from my experience, at least, which seems like yours, it's there's always something in the back of your mind that's telling you like, hey, butch it up. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, may, did that come across gay? And it's so stupid because some of my best friends who are straight are the gayest people I know. Yeah. And so like <laughs> this whole thing of masculinity and what that means has evolved to such a great place, I think, because like there is no such thing as something being too straight or too gay. It's mm-hmm. just, they're just, there's only what is, you know, mm-hmm. and what is, is this person breathing alive in this moment saying these lines. And so you know, I know when I did a movie called Wedding of a Lifetime with Brooke Dorsey and my character was straight in it and it had a lot of physical comedy and a lot of like gags that I wanted to do. And the old me would have been like, "Ooh, be careful when you're doing the comedy that you don't come off gay. But what I realized is Brooke and him, you know, my, our characters are best friends and they love each other. And so they are silly around each other. And they act like best friends half the mm-hmm. time and then they act like lovers. So I just went in with that attitude and didn't think about it once. And it was the most, probably one of my best performances I've ever done on camera and probably one of my favorite roles that were straight that I filmed because it was so freeing, because I think we're getting away from that idea of like, Ooh, don't be too gay. Don't be too this. Mm-hmm. You well, know? And what's, what's, what's so cool about um, this next generation coming up is that it, it doesn't seem to matter right. as much. Like um, people are openly everything. Yes. And and it's like, God, I mean, I grew up in a small town in Saskatchewan. And as far as I know, I'm still the only gay person that came out of there. Um, I'm sure that's not true, but <laughs> I'm the only one right. that I know of. And like there was, um, there was a, a GSA uh, for um, a little while, but... I wasn't going to join it. Are you kidding? Like I, I made the conscious decision when I was in high school not to come out because I was like, I'm not going to make the last couple years of high school harder um, by coming out when I could just like do it in college like everybody else. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah. And it's a, yeah. obviously a different time too, right? Like that's, that's what happens with a lot of us that are from these small towns, myself included, you know, like we're scared because we don't want the pressure of having to be someone else during high school. Like being our true self would be bullied so much that it's easier to just pretend and not mm -hmm. say anything. So, which is super sad, but what's great is that there's a huge shift in young people these days mm -hmm. where it's much different. So they're going to have a different experience than we did. And thank God. Yeah. Um, but so, so you did your audition and you sent it. In. Oh, yeah. now, I'm going to tell you my point of view from watching George's audition, George, I've been talking with the producers and the network and I'm like, we're never going to find a Jason. We're never going to find a Jason because our Jason has to have all these qualities. He has to be, he has to be hunky. He's got to be handsome. He's got to be at least as tall as me. He's got to be muscular. He's got to have, he's got to have blue eyes because I have brown eyes and we need to look really different on camera. He's got to have, um, good comedic timing, be really good with, uh, like, charming and romantic stuff and he's got to be canadian oh and out and gay those were the <laughs> things we were like looking for and i was like there's no way because we're shooting in canada he has to be a canadian there's all these rules we have to follow and all these characteristics that this character has to have and i'm like we're never going to find him like it's a, we're asking for a unicorn and it doesn't exist and i was sitting there watching hundreds of audition tapes and I remember the day I was off for the day shooting a different movie and I was watching the tapes and this idiot, George <laughs> pops up on camera and his back is facing to the camera in his audition and he turns around and smiles. And I was like, uh oh, I like I literally held my breath and I was like, please, when you speak just be good like that's all i was thinking because you turned around and you were the exact jason in my head that i have had since i wrote this movie from day one it was exactly the look and the feel of who i wanted and i was like please just let him be good when he opens his mouth please and i held my breath and you started doing the scene and you got done with the first scene and I literally just sat there frozen and let the tape play. And I was like, OK, please let the second scene be good. And you did a costume change and showed off took, your muscles. I took my flannel off. Yeah, you showed off your muscles. <laughs> and then he goes and then he did the second scene and was so charming and so funny. I picked up my phone and I called James first and I go, babe, we found him. And I sent James your tape immediately. And then I sent it to, and then I called the producers and I was like, we found our guy, George Crissa, look him up. And so getting to see you on that tape made me so excited for the movie we were going to shoot. So Aww. we found our unicorn and it's his name is George Crissa and he's fantastic in this movie. So we get to set George and we get to shoot this movie. Let's yes. talk about filming the holiday sitter for Hallmark Channel when we come back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... 
actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Okay, so George, we're on set for three weeks together yes. shooting a movie. We mm-hmm. laughed, we cried, mm-hmm. fun was had. What was it like for you once you booked the role and, you know, that day one you show up to set? Well, it was... Or even the week before. <laughs> the, it was on... it. Well, because, yeah, I, I came a little bit early um, and we um, read lines and um, what was so just to to compliment you for a little while. Oh, yes, was... please. Take all the time you want. <laughs> what was so um, wonderful um, about the whole experience truly was working with you because um, this was like, this was obviously a very big deal for me. It was my first lead. It was my first lead for Hallmark Channel. Um, and so I like, I really wanted to do a, a good job. And I remember... Um, I, I don't think I, I told you this, but, um, so I, I followed you on Instagram and then you followed me back after, like before I, we ever talked and like it was yep. after I got the job and, and I screen capped it and I was like, Brian, Jonathan Bennett just followed me on Instagram. It's real. <laughs> 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 and then, um, and then I think you messaged me right away and, um, I was like, I think I said to Brian, I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Jonathan Bennett just messaged me on Instagram. <laughs> And then I think I messaged you back and then you, and then, and then you called me. Yeah. Immediately. I was like, as soon as we cast you and locked in the deal, I was like, I need to talk to him immediately because I had so much anxiety about finding the right George or the right Jason for this movie that like when we found him, it was like, I I had to talk to you. Well, and so you called and I didn't answer right away because I was like, I was like, I was like, oh my God, Brian, what do I do? Do I answer it? And, um, and so I was like, I was like, okay, okay. Pulled together because like, I mean, obviously I've, I mean, girls is one of my favorite movies growing up. I think yeah. I told you this too. I had, you a were mean, like a huge Jonathan Bennett fan. I get it. I had a mean girls themed birthday party when I was 21. That's true. You did. We had, I, we, I made, I don't, my friend Janess has it somewhere. We made a burn book. Yep. Um, because I like to make crafts. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm so lame. I love it. It's fine. I'm I am who you're I am. You're perfect. You're perfect. <laughs> and so so um, you're a huge fan obsessed with me. I get it. Yeah, so, and so, then I'm calling and then here I am calling you on the phone. Yeah, and then you called me on the phone and um but you were immediately so kind and you're like, "Listen, um you're you were the first choice. Like I know that sometimes you can go into something ready to overthink it, but like but you're like just you're you're perfect for this. Like we're, you were a first choice. We're so happy to have you. And just like, just having like someone who I know of and respect so much, be so instantly kind and welcoming. And like, because I've, I've like, it's been my experience that some people with your level of success aren't always the most kind. I mean, they're not Mm -hmm. unkind, but they're, they're not as warm, not as warm and right. welcoming. So, um, 
and then we went i went to vancouver for like a few days early and we got i met you in the lobby gave you a great big hug yeah and um we got to chat and and run things so like before we even started i felt 10 out of 10 like confident and good and like um and then when we actually and then my my first the the first shot on the first day um you weren't even in <laughs> so like I, I got to like I got to do I got to like find my find my footing and like mm -hmm. um and I think before the tornado shows up right yeah. you had, you had to like <laughs> <laughs> nice moment of calm before the inevitable three week storm <laughs> yes exactly and let me tell you I'm a tornado on set um but it, I I remember saying to you when we were rehearsing it we because we ran our lines a ton before we even started shooting the entire movie because we wanted to like really have it down and um have our chemistry really like working so we like knew how each other sounded when they talked like mm -hmm. it's very important and so what i loved is you were trying to figure out one day because you had done so many plays and so much theater you were trying to find out i think one day you were figuring out like what it looks like for like this character like how other people would do it or how he you should play jason and yeah. I had to stop and remind you. And I was like, you're not playing Jason, honey. You are Jason. Like mm -hmm. George standing there saying the lines, that's Jason. Like you don't need to do anything but find your mark mm -hmm. and say your lines. And you're cast because you are you. And so that was really fun for us when you find someone that is the character from a producing standpoint that just like you don't need to do anything just stand there and say your words mm -hmm. and it and all just comes together and so then we go to our first day on set and we're we're filming what was our first scene do you remember oh our first scene well the first scene i did was at the general store right and then i um, came and in. then oh no we did the oh, walking the around marking. and yeah the the, yeah. the little christmas the, market and yeah, the christmas and I, market and i think you did um the, the reindeer toss, toss. Yes. Yeah, the reindeer toss moment. Yes, and I remember it was really fun because I love being with you on set because as someone that puffs cigarette and goes, I've been doing this a long time, kid. As someone that's been doing this for a long time, kid, um, this, like being with you on set the first day, on your first day was really fun because you really your excitement to be there, but also your little bit of jitters and nervousness at first, which everyone has. And I, I have it too. You know, it was fun to watch because it reminded me of how exciting it is what we do. So mm -hmm. that was well, really like, fun because I mean, I've done some stuff. Like, I haven't done nothing. Like I've been right. in, in things and stuff, but like um, just to be able to do this job, like mm -hmm. to be able to be an actor is so much work. And it's so much time and dedication. And I, and I know how many people really want to do it. Mm -hmm. And like, even like, um, just, yeah, just, just who, who really want to do it. And like, and a lot of people, um, don't have these, these chances that, that some people have. So, um, like I, I will never take an experience for granted, whether it's, it's, it's theater or, or film because yep. we're, we're so lucky to be able to tell stories and like, we're so lucky for people to even want to spend their time or their, their money to watch us tell stories. Mm -hmm. yep. Like we're, we're, we're so fortunate to be able to do that. So, um, yeah. So we're on set and we had, we had such a great director. We had Ali Liebert. We had such a great producer, producer. We had Mora, we had great writers. We had Tracy and Greg, everyone was queer. We were on set and everybody was queer on the creative side. What was that like for you? That was a first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it like, and it goes to the, um, what we were saying before about, um, feeling comfortable and not coming off as, as too gay or too whatever. Right. Um, it's like, we've all had that kind of experience where we had to hide something about ourselves to, to fit in. Like, you know, Ali's a, um, a, a wonderful actress and um and brilliant director um but like so sh she's been on both sides of it having to like be herself and so like it just it was so it was so fun 
Gay people are the literally the most fun and hilarious people in the world. Yeah, queer people so, are the most fun, and we—I yeah. don't want to say we're the superior species, but we're the funniest. <laughs> I'll say that. Okay, we're yeah. funnier uh -huh. because no one ever says, "Oh, my boring gay best friend." Like no. no one ever is like, "Oh, have you met my gay BFF? He's so boring." Like no, no they're hilarious and we're charming and and ridiculous, yeah. and that's what. But we—that's what makes us so fun to be around. So like you have this whole cast and crew that are all queer and we're on set and in between the takes shooting this movie we're like listening to rupaul's drag race songs and we're like having walk-offs <laughs> and i like looked at you one day and i was like this is a hallmark christmas movie and everyone's gay like uh -huh. this is such a moment in time that is so cool and i want to talk a little bit about how hilarious i am in the movie <laughs> Um, hey, listen, I listen, hate to give I'm you a compliment, so funny. but no, you you're very funny. Tell everyone how funny I am in the movie. Okay. So, very. I'll do it because, I, yeah, <laughs> because we, because it's only an hour long show. So, um, <laughs> I'll tell everyone I'm hilarious in the movie, uh, but so is George. But the reason our comedic chemistry and the reason our chemistry, I think, is so good on camera, like I watched it, I watch moments at the end that are very special and intimate between the two of us. I watch moments throughout the movie that are intimate and hilarious between us. And our chemistry is probably my favorite chemistry I've ever seen on camera with somebody. And I think the reason we have such a good comedic chemistry together on camera is because what we were doing, which is creating the first LGBTQ plus rom-com for Hallmark Channel, wasn't lost on the two of us every single day that we showed up mm -hmm. to work. Like we're sitting, we would stand there. Like I remember we're doing our meet cute scene and the meet cute scene. I like fall backwards and you literally catch me like a traditional rom-com meet cute. And I remember when we went to shoot that scene, we were both really excited because we looked at each other and we're like, we're about to shoot the first gay meet cute in a Christmas movie for Hallmark. And that had so much weight to it, mm -hmm. but so much excitement behind it. So in our eyes, when we're looking at each other, there's like a vibration of excitement of being the first to get to do this in every single scene. Mm -hmm. And so there's just this like kind of vibration between the two of us on camera of like excitement of being these trailblazers in this space. Well, and what also added to the excitement, speaking to you being very funny, is I never really knew what you were gonna do. So like, I, it was also just like, you know, it was impossible not to be in, in the moment because I didn't know what was gonna happen. I didn't, and so it was like, um, you know, that- At yeah, that energy it's like was there too. That energy was there. Well, it's all comedy, George. It really is. Ask me what the secret to comedy is. Uh, what's Do the it. secret to timing? <laughs> ah. Ah. Oh, we're, we have fun. We have fun. We have fun here, don't we? We have fun. We really do. Um, so yeah, there there it was just it was such a fun experience. And mm -hmm. there's a couple scenes in the movie that are my favorite, but I'm gonna tell you my favorite scene when we come back after this break. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Okay, so George, let's tell everyone about our new movie, The Holiday Sitter. So this movie is so much fun. It was inspired by the movie that was one of my favorites growing up, which is Uncle Buck. And I love the idea of an uncle having to take care of his niece and nephew that he doesn't really know. So when I pitched this to Hallmark, I said, what if we did Uncle Buck, the idea of Uncle Buck, but we made him gay and they loved the idea and they jumped on it. And so, you know, the holiday sitter was born and the story takes place. It's about my character, Sam, who is a workaholic bachelor living the high life in New York City and his sister is adopting and her husband are adopting a new baby. And the birth mother goes into labor right before the holidays. And they try to call everyone on their list to come and watch their two kids, Miles and Danya, while they go get the new baby from the birth mother. But they have no one that is available. And Sam, my character, is the last person on the list, like the dead last person on the list. And they have no other choice but to call me and have me come home for the holidays and watch the two kids. So reluctantly, I go home, watch my niece and nephew, and have to put on Christmas for them as a bachelor, eternal bachelor that has never done Christmas, doesn't really like Christmas, and doesn't really want a family. And in doing that, I meet Jason, who's George Chris's character, who is the handsome, hunky contractor building the addition onto the house. And... I'm not going to say we fall in love, but sparks fly. We'll say that. And you'll have to see what happens. But sparks fly and we end up I end up hiring him as an uncle consultant because I'm not good at uncling or gunkling. And so I hire George to help me take care of these kids and put on a Christmas. And through doing that, we kind of learn a lot about each other and learn a lot about what it means to be a family. And the movie is so magical. It is so funny, has so much heart and humor in it. It's filled with love, but it's hilarious. And it has so many great messages in it. Um, I think The Holiday Sitter is easily going to be one of these classic movies that people watch every year. And in doing the movie, there we have all these amazing scenes where we talk about real issues. Because what's so great about Hallmark Channel in what they have done for queer people is they've created a safe place for queer people to tell stories. And that's how it feels for me. It's, I know it's how it felt for George and all the producers and everyone involved and, and directors and all the crew, all the cast members, like having a safe place where we can tell stories and push ourselves and push our boundaries and get creative. It, it's really no other place like it in the world. There's nothing better in the world as an artist than having a place you can tell stories and be safe while you do it, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's it was such a great experience how much Hallmark Channel supported us throughout the whole process. And we have these really great scenes that really make you think and really identify 
with what it's like to be a gay man in 2022 trying to figure out life and figure out relationships and figure out love and figure out so many things. But, you know, The Holiday Sitter isn't a movie. We didn't set out what I think people are going to really take away from this is we didn't set out to make a movie for queer people. We set out to make a really good holiday movie for everybody. It just happens that they're both men that fall in love. And so it's not a LGBTQ plus rom-com. It's just a rom-com. We just happen to have two dudes as the leads. Yeah. And, well, and, and I think that, that comes across really well because like it's the fact that they're, they're gay and the fact that they're both men is a non-issue for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the um, fact and the, that the straight couple is adopting and and one of the gay characters is adopting isn't an issue and it isn't yeah. even addressed. Why? Well, the, you don't they don't need a why. It's what they want to do. Yeah. And so um, their their families are just as or as excited for mm-hmm. for everything as, as they are for the, the, the straight people. And it's yeah. it's just so it's so nice to not have to like that. No one's fighting for anything there. It's just. It just is just happen. Yeah, it just yeah. is. And they uh, they do. The movie has so many great scenes in it. But one of my favorite scenes is something that we added as a real thing that happened to me as a child growing up with my house. Um, we would sit by the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve every single night and we would sing Silent Night or we'd listen to Silent Night. And there is a great moment in this movie. It's the silent night scene. It's my favorite scene in the film. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but at that moment, George Chrissa, Jason here, sings a little silent night. And so because you are a Stratford theater, um, <laughs> theater musical person with an amazing voice, can you give everyone a little preview and just <clears throat> give us silent night, please? Just a little bit. Here's a little preview. Go ahead, George. <clears throat> Doe is right here. I didn't. That's I didn't. Your dough. Uh, I didn't prepare for this. Ooh. I didn't warm up. <laughs> um, okay, just give me a little. Silent night, holy night. All is calm. All is bright. You want more you're gonna have to watch the movie <laughs> ah there he goes uh, um, wow yay his voice was, is so good oh thanks what's um it's just another compliment if you if you need go it ahead more. I, um, I do i do was please. um how much of yourself that you you put into this movie um in particular and just like and i you know i watched um uh, wedding of a lifetime and uh-huh. like if you you put your whole self into it like you um watching you on set like you you were so you you treated everybody the same you were so kind to everybody you created such a fun boisterous like energetic atmosphere on set and it was like it was really um it was so nice to to be there for that and to and to watch you do that because i was like oh that's what that's how i want to be like that's how i want to i want I want to be able to make people feel the way you make people feel um, because it was, it was really, it was, it was really something special that, that you created. And it was, um, it was amazing to watch. Thank you. It was, it, well, when you love what you do, uh, you show up every day and you're so excited to be there. And um, if you're going to do these movies, put all yourself into them. Cause there's, that's, it's the only way to do it. Um, all right. So George, this is pride cast. Okay. This is, we talk about things like pride. Do you remember the first pride that you went to? I do. <laughs> Tell me about it. It was 2008 um, in Edmonton, Alberta. Oh my God. And um, it was like, it was wild. Cause How I many never... people were there? Oh, like both gay people showed up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like- I Two of their all... friends. There's <laughs> a couple of their friends. Um, like I went with my- um, cause I had like just finished college. Um, it was a two year program. Um, it was, um, but like I had, I had like finally a, a group of gay friends and mm-hmm. we had so much fun together. And that was back when drinking was still fun. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so we like, we went to the beer gardens and, um, and there was just, there was gay people everywhere, everywhere. and what was it like to see that? 
it was like it was so it, it was so freeing it was so wild it was so um exciting and like a little titillating and you're like oh what if i what if i meet someone what if someone mm. like thinks i'm cute like what if you know what if i think someone's cute like how exciting is that and this is like um and this is like before um like you know when you remember when you take like a cyber shot to the to the bar to take pictures oh, um yeah. like before iphones and stuff yeah. so it's like so it was just like there was it was just it was just all happening at once and i didn't like so yeah it was it was really really exciting and i saw a, there was a drag queen that was like passed out in the middle of the day kind of upside down yeah on the steps in nathan yep. phillips square um and uh i was like wow never saw that before <laughs> yeah they're yeah they're having they're they had a blast yeah they had um, a great time. they're having a great time um so pride means a lot of things to a lot of different people what does pride mean to you oh i think that it's being able to live your life openly and authentically with um whoever you you choose whether it's whether it's by yourself um whether it's with a partner or if you want to get married like i i feel that it's the ability to to live your life how it's authentic to you without without judgment or without consequence or just um to just to be able to be happy mm -hmm. yeah that no that's true and it's funny because pride changes every day for every single mm -hmm. person um yeah. and so you know what's fun is that maybe next year when we ask you the same question it might mean something different to you then as well yeah. because i know pride changes to me every single day what pride <laughs> means hits differently depending on what i've learned and what i've gone through that day so mm -hmm. well and and what's what's interesting too is um because i i, I live in in canada and like i mean it's, it's a you know an artistic community like it's there's lots of openly gay people here i forget that it's still an issue mm -hmm. that like in some parts of the world in some yes. parts of the world like just living openly is an act of defiance right you know and yes. so like i i think that it's important to just remember that um being who you are is um it's just so important to so many people just just being comfortable in who you are and 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 in the life that you live mm -hmm. um can can mean a lot to to the people around you for the young for the young georges and jonathans growing up yes you know you're never too much and you're always enough mm -hmm. you just being you in that moment you're never too much and you're always enough just being you on this planet earth and you know we we talk a lot about on Pridecast what why it's so great to be gay because there's so many things in the world. I love it. Where, I love it. where <laughs> yeah, where there's so many things in the world that you know try to say why it's not great, but we know those are all lies. So on Pridecast, we like to talk about why what what's the best part about being gay to you, or what do you love the most about being gay? Why do you think it's so great to be gay? <laughs> I feel like. I have the best time all the time. Yes. Like we said earlier, like <laughs> we're just more fun. We just, we're just are. Fun. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like I laugh constantly. Mm -hmm. Like, like the, the, the gay people in my life are his, like truly the funniest yeah. uh -huh. people in the world. And we like, when we get together, we just howl. Like I, every time we get, together i laugh until i cry yep um and so like it's just it's it's a blast it's, it's a blast really it's a blast it's a blast <laughs> and what's so it's fun a blast. <laughs> it's like you get to know yourself so well because like having something that you're at first terrified of and then have to come to accept and then you have to tell everybody that you know about it like how, exhausting <laughs> how strong of a person you have to be like every single gay person whether you're whether they're out or not um or a queer person or every every single member of this community has to be so brave 
in comparison to the people who haven't had to to do this. And like, yeah. I, sometimes I feel sorry for people who haven't had to come to terms with parts of themselves um, because it's like you learn just so much. You learn so much about yourself and about yeah. who you are as a human. Yeah, absolutely. What that's really well said. I've never heard anyone say that on podcast. That's a that's a new answer. And I really, really like that. Um, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about things that are going on. We have this new movie at Hallmark Channel premiering December 11th, The Holiday Sitter. We're making strides and for representation on camera. It's just so amazing. But in order to look forward, we always have to look back. So we're going to do a little bit of gay history. Play the music. Each week we look back at something that happened this week in gay history because in order for us to look forward we have to always remember where we came from so george you're gonna take the role of james vaughn today my husband and okay. say <clears throat> what happened this week in gay history george okay this is a good one this week in lgbtq plus tongue twister history december 8th 1981 the New York City Gay Men's Chorus becomes the first openly gay musical group to play at Carnegie Hall with their Christmas concert. Woo-woo! Only two years later, um, after it was established, the New York City Gay Men's Chorus made its debut at Lincoln Center's Avery Fisher Hall and then Carnegie Hall on December 8, 1981. New York Times music critic Theodore W. Libby Jr., who noted that the concert had been sold out, considered the singers impressive, glowing, and vibrant, other words for gay. <laughs> we're, we're expressive, flowing, and vibrant. Yes. yes. Go on. <laughs> the amateur vocal ensemble continued to earn the respect of music critics and not only became a musical force commissioning new works, but also became, for many, the face and voice of out gay men. One year later, Meg Christian and um, Chris Williamson became the first out lesbians to perform there. With the chorus's founding, with the chorus's founding came a surge of gay and lesbian choral groups and the founding of the umbrella organization GALA Choruses, Gala Choruses, which stages an international festival with hundreds of choruses and thousands of singers every four years. How great is that? So this week in gay history, the gay men's chorus sang at Carnegie Hall. Boom. Do you know how to get to Carnegie Hall? <sighs> practice <laughs> <laughs> oh man what a fun time um that is so cool and each week we shine uh our big gay spotlight on members of the lgbtq plus community that are doing extraordinary things for the community whether they're famous or not and this week i want to shine my spotlight my big gay spotlight on someone that is kind of famous but people are really going to know soon and this week, I'm shining my big gay spotlight on George Krissa. Uh, uh, let me tell you, uh, and let me tell you why. <laughs> because George Krissa came into this movie, The Holiday Sitter, and it was the first time he had been a number two on a call sheet for a movie like this. And let me tell you, we're shooting 15 days. We shoot for 15 days. We shoot three weeks. We shoot long hours. It's a ton of dialogue. And it's you basically have the weight of the entire movie on your shoulders when you're number one and number two. And I was number one, of course, obviously. Um, and then George was number two. And for George, he stepped up into this role that was not only it's only hard to do when you're doing or, you know, a movie that where you're a straight couple. But to play this character and to be doing what we did and to be making history and be doing such a big job of being the first gay rom-com where we fall in love that adds another level of stress onto you as an actor because you know you're representing an entire community and so for george to step in and deliver every single day the performance he delivered and to show up to set excited happy knew, knowing every single one of his scenes backwards and forwards and to show up and really carry the weight of not just this character, but the entire community on his shoulders as the first time doing it, you would have thought he had been doing it for a hundred years because he's that good in it. And he did it that well. And I'm going to tell you what you said to me, and I've told this before, but driving home our last day of filming, we wrapped and George and I would always like to drive home together in the same car so we could talk about the day. And we're driving home and he saw the sunset overlooking Toronto 
And as a jaded actor that's been doing this a long time, sometimes I forget why, sometimes I forget how special what we do is. And George looked at me after we wrapped and we were very emotional and he just goes, man, we are so lucky. And that will always stick in my head until the end of time being reminded that what we do is not only special, but we are lucky to get to do it. So this week I'm shining my big gay spotlight on George Krissa because so many people are going to watch this movie and feel seen because they see you play Jason. So gonna make me George, cry. congratulations. Tell everyone why they should go see our movie. Because it's so funny. It's so heartwarming. There's so much love and family and Christmas and it's, and it's, going to be just a great and time. because i'm really and funny because jonathan and is you're very really funny handsome. And handsome you're very handsome and i'm very funny it's a perfect combination <laughs> george thank you so much for coming to pridecast i love you so much and um we will we'll talk to you soon but guess what everyone go watch the holiday sitter on hallmark channel saturday december or sunday december 11th watch holiday sitter 8 p.m <laughs> all right bye george bye Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 